So, it's been a while since I've done this. Um, this is an interview I recorded like over a month ago. I've been really, uh, I would say busy, but the truth is probably actually lazy. So uh, I'm trying to reverse that and um, trying not to succumb to the self-consciousness I have and my interviewing skills that I was like, uh, you know, I didn't say the right thing or I said the wrong thing or I, uh, whatever. It's actually a pretty interesting interview. I talked to M. Basso about um, like gender and pronouns and stuff. And I learned a lot about it. So I'm not going to trail on. I'm just going to let the episode speak for itself. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for, for, for joining me. willing to be doing this. Thank you so much for having me, Russell. Yeah. So, so tell me about yourself. Yeah, my name is M. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, their. Um, currently living in D.C., but I've moved a lot in my life. And um, I'm an aspiring artist who accidentally got a engineering degree but that's a long uh, story <laughs> were you part of a military family when you say usually when people tell me they move around a lot I just kind of yeah everyone always asks me that huh. um I was not just kind of a chaotic situation but um we're here now <laughs> and um yeah I think we're here to talk about some some identity stuff yeah yeah I believe because um you know I heard about you from and Dana, he's doing awesome things and that stuff like that. And I feel sort of alien in that whole thing because I'm, you know, I'm born male, I identify male, I practice sexuality in a heterosexual way. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that means that I can't learn about it just because it's not a community that I'm entwined with. And I think there is kind of a separation that shouldn't be separated, at least from my perspective. Yeah. So I. You know, I'd like to know wh- how that feels. Yeah, I'm totally happy to talk about some of my experiences. Um, maybe if I can start with just uh, a little bit of explanation of some of the terms that I identify with. Does Absolutely. that sound good with you? Sure. You awesome. Come prepare. Yeah, I actually have this um, handy dandy little My Gender Identity 101 sheet that I've used to um, talk to people about this before. So uh, we'll start there. Um, okay. So uh, transgender is a term that means that you don't identify with the gender that you were assigned at birth. Um, So you just talked about how you were assigned male at birth. And so um, transgender people just don't identify with that assignment. And I identify as transgender because I was assigned um, female at birth, but I do not identify that way. So there are trans men trans women and there are trans non-binary people um and non-binary means that you identify as a gender other than just um man or woman um so i am non-binary because i don't identify as a man or woman um and more specifically i use the term um gender fluid to describe the way that i experience gender is that like Gen- the, the word fluid, mm-hmm. you know, fits into a container. And I'm speaking like totally ignorantly, you know. <laughs> so by, by fluid, do you mean it changes? Yeah, yeah. Gender fluid means that your gender fluctuates over time or changes over time. So um, I feel different ways 
over time. So sometimes I feel more masculine. Sometimes I feel more feminine. Sometimes I feel neither, like, yeah, at me, all. I mean, me too. Yeah, sometimes I, I, th- I would say probably most of the time I feel like a combination of both. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, uh, gender fluctuating over time is gender fluid, and I really identify with that term because um, it just goes along with how I experience things. Yeah. I also identify as transmasculine, so instead of a trans man, like I'm not a trans man since I'm not that means, solely that would a man. mean you want to be a man. Would um, that mean trans man. Well, trans men are way? men. Okay. Yeah, like like are men that happen from to being woman to being a man. Well, um, trans men are just men who were assigned fem- female at birth. Okay, and, and by don't being assigned way. female at birth, it means being born with female genitalia. Um, that's up to the doctors, man. (laughs) You know, yeah, that's usually how it goes down. down, Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I would just like, um, stay away from saying like female genitalia and male genitalia because should I say a vagina or a penis? (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, genitalia is, uh, you know, it's a thing. Yeah. But not, none of, no one, no one is the same, you know? And, and it also exists on more of a spectrum rather than a binary because uh, a lot of people's genitalia do not match the typical, you know, um, vagina or penis. A lot of people are intersex or just born with, you know, other things. And right now, um, doctors tend to... Um, I mean, we were just talking about this a minute ago, but uh, just kind of mutilate um, infants' genitalia a lot of times yeah, when they right are the born bat, with something from the first different. First hour of earthly experience, they yeah, trim it up. Mm-hmm. Um, which happens a lot to intersex people as well. So, and intersex people are born with, um, you know, something not like not super distinguishable as either a penis or a vagina like i don't believe i'm aware of this <laughs> okay so yeah. yeah i mean intersex people are very real and like, uh there's a very significant number um i mean it, it all looks different man you know okay. like I've it exists on like... a on a spectrum i'm not intersex so mm-hmm. i can't speak to that yeah. experience very well but um like i said like all genitalia is different like yeah. no it's like a fingerprint yeah exactly yeah. no two are the same and um there exists a lot more in the middle i think than a lot of people realize i mean obviously you don't even realize that yeah. well, um it's, it's not part of my um typical dialogue or yeah you know every day we have so much time to invest in whatever it is is our battle yeah and uh, I, I have a different one but i i'm open to learning be stuck yeah for sure because i feel like um you know my brain turned to concrete when i left school in some ways and the stuff was not presented and i didn't know it was going to be presented and i'm curious now if in our education system if this is part of it Mm -hmm. if this is part of our our movement as a society too we we need to keep up with it and Mm -hmm. resistance is futile in that regard like these are things everybody needs to learn yeah yeah I, i agree um but yeah, I mean, if you're interested in more about like how doctors assign gender at birth, I would look that up. Um, 
I'm like I said, I'm not intersex or anything, so I can't talk too much to that experience. But um, it's kind of messed up that, in my opinion, that we even yeah. assign gender at birth, um, and especially what what happens frequently um, to intersex people, uh, which is that you know their genitalia is changed right when they're an infant to try to match one of the two binary genders that we have set up in this society. Yeah. Um, are, are there societies around now that don't work on a binary system as such? Are there, um, you know, I'm that, pretty like, sure have identification cards where it's just not an option. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, so, I mean, there are definitely, um, cultures in which, um, which have believed in more than two genders for a long time i am not super familiar with any of those two cultures um, with any of those cultures so i you know can't really speak to that from um my own experience um however you're talking about having uh identification on like a card for example um oregon and washington dc have actually uh just recently passed laws allowing for their constituents to have an X on their driver's licenses and state IDs instead of an M or an F. Um, So those law, the uh, Oregon and Washington DC are um, kind of leading the way in our country for um, passing those kind of laws, which are really helpful for people like me who don't want to have an M or an F. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of things I don't want to have. (laughs) (laughs) I still do. You know, I get pulled over and I notice on the ticket they write that I'm white. Why does that matter how, when you're talking about how fast I'm driving? It shouldn't, but that's... So, yeah, um, I am transgender, non-binary, um, and more specifically gender fluid and transmasculine, which I was trying to say um, means that you identify with masculinity to a greater extent than with femininity. So I'm not a trans man because I don't identify as a man, but I do identify as trans masculine, meaning that um, I feel more masculine more of the time than I do feminine and I'm transgender. So that's what trans masculine is referring to. Um, other terms I identify with are things like gender queer and gender nonconforming, um, and which are both kind of like umbrella terms. Okay. Um, I mean, I like the non-conforming, but what is that in reference to? I'm just... The binary genders. Like, I don't want to participate in a polarity of humans. Well, um, I'm, yeah, gender just non-conforming in that I don't subscribe to the typical uh, binary male-female view of gender. And how did you come to that? Like, what did you... How much of it is something that you, you've always felt? And I guess, was there a point when what you felt and what we've um, come to as a civilization met? You know, like yeah. where you, you you didn't have words for it and then yeah. you discovered that? Like, yeah, that's actually that? exactly how it happened. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so language has been um, really important in uh, coming to terms with, with my identity. Um just because I, I, for example, did not even know what the term transgender meant. I'd actually never heard of the term transgender until I was in college, believe it or not. Um, you know, so um, 
I, I mean, I grew up mostly in an extremely conservative religious area, so um, it's kind of no wonder that I didn't I didn't hear um, anything about it. But um, I mean, when I was a kid, I remember you know having short hair and wearing clothes from the boys section and just really not fitting in with the girls or the boys. Um, and I mean, I liked feminine things and I liked masculine things. And I mean, I, I just kind of called myself a tomboy for, you know, yeah. most of my younger life. But then, um, you know, puberty hit and that really kind of threw a curveball in there because I wasn't super down with the changes that, um, you know, my estrogen hormone, uh, puberty was, um, uh, you know, giving me. Puberty sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's like a puberty that doesn't really match how, how, what you want, you know, um, yeah. on your body. So, um, yeah, when uh, my uh, the summer after my junior year of college, it, it really just came to the point where I was just like, you know, something is just wrong. Like something I like needs to change. Was it? Would you describe it as an identity crisis? Was it like you and your relationship with you? Yeah, and the way for the world sure. Sees you for sure. Like, yeah, like looking at myself in the mirror and yeah. just really not being okay with what I was seeing and um really you know confused and so um you know I went online because now you know I didn't have that when yeah, I was when I was young but exactly yeah so it, that definitely really helped and I um you know learned what transgender meant and then just uh started like learning more about non-binary identities and it just really resonated with me and um, I mean, it's been a really long journey and, you know, people change all the time. So, um, you know, I, I wasn't like right off the bat that I knew like gender fluid. This is me. We're done here. Yeah. It was more just like, hmm, I just know that I really don't like this part of myself. And like, maybe I can make some changes there. And like, um, you know, I know that I kind of feel this way and maybe I want to use this term. Um, you know, I had people call me he, him for a little bit, but I just really didn't like that either. But I knew I didn't like she, her. So um, yeah. we landed with they, them pronouns. And I mean, after years of this. Um, how many years? Like when, how, how far along are you from yeah. that junior year now? Yeah, that was when I was about like 22. 21 and now i'm um almost 25 so i mean it hasn't been that long but you know over four years a lot has changed in my life and i've grown a whole lot and learned a whole lot about myself and i definitely feel um you know really confident now that you know they them pronouns are are what i like and um and that gender fluid really yeah it's good that you found a place because mm-hmm. I mean I think sometimes I, I look in the mirror I don't like what I see but there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> <laughs> it's just, some days I'm just like ah oh, being a person it'd be nice to take a break it's hard it's heavy <laughs> it's a lot of things but yeah I guess what I was referring to more specifically is um like gender dysphoria and like body dysphoria mm-hmm. and feeling like certain parts of me 
just really didn't fit and um, having a lot of kind of like anxiety and, and bad feelings surrounding like specific parts of my body that I have wound up, I, ha- I have made some changes. So what changes are those? Um, so I would just like to, um, I guess, lead with the fact that um, asking transgender people about like their transition, especially about like hormones um, and surgeries and stuff, um, is usually. I mean, it, it is inappropriate to it's, to ask. Yeah, super personal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, since we're like talking about gender, and I want y'all to learn about like my experience and experiences of um, some people in my community. Um, I got uh, top surgery two years ago, which was a double mastectomy, and I've been on hormones now, low dose, for um, about 11 months. So, Can I ask you about that? Um, I would rather not get too into that okay, and yeah. more well, talk about like my experiences in like, okay. society and stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, that's just a little bit about like the journey that I've gone on. Yeah, well, I mean, f- from this angle, it looks like it's a lot of, a lot of work, devotion. <laughs> <laughs> um, you kind of don't have a choice, you know, when you yeah. are trying to find yourself. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to be the most authentic version of myself that I can be, and, um, you know, when when you're experiencing so much dysphoria surrounding your identity, it, it I mean, it's really difficult. You, um, I can't, I can't just go on living 60 more years of my life, you know, in hiding, uh, and, and, you know, feeling this way. So in a sense, it's not really, uh, a choice to, you know, not go, oh, go no. through with some of these things. Yeah, no, I'm, I don't mean it, but like the, it's work. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely work to, um, you know, live in a society that so heavily enforces binary genders when you Mm -hmm. don't fit into either of those things. Um, That's something I cannot imagine. Yeah, it's it's definitely really hard. And, um, you know, a a survey of about 27,000 transgender individuals was done um, in 2015 by the National Transgender um, Center for Equality. And um, almost half of those individuals surveyed um, have attempted suicide by the time that they're in their 20s. So... If that gives you any idea of just how, you know, difficult um, being, having this kind of identity in a, in a world that isn't really accepting of you. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I can only compare to my own experiences of identity and not fitting in, which are a different kind, but it's tough mm-hmm. when there's expectation thrust upon you and it's not who you are. Yeah, exactly. And to um, when everything around you asks you to be something else, mm-hmm. and you and you have to listen to yourself sometimes, and it's um, I think it's powerful that there's, you know, things like the internet have allowed us to connect on things that before are really hard to find camaraderie mm-hmm. and connection. Yeah. So that's almost you know as much as I I 
fear the future and technology taking over. It's like, that's one of the most beautiful parts of the internet <laughs> is how it's given groups of people who normally are so, um, you know, it's given people community mm -hmm. around the planet, which is exciting. Definitely. Definitely. It's def it's really helped me. And, um, particularly I have uh, a blog on Tumblr and, uh, there are so many people who share experiences similar to me on there that 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 was a um, definitely helped a lot, especially when I was just starting to to figure these things out. Excellent. So you said you'd rather speak more of the, the social aspects of it. So <clears throat> how is that? How is that surface? How does that interact this? You say on a social level, do you, you know, is it, I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, so I, I definitely uh, face a lot of problems um, out in the world, but one of the most um, frequent and, uh, um, yeah, just one of the most frequent, frequent things is that um, I'm constantly misgendered. Um, all the time. I mean, it's just, it's, it's every single day, um, by every single person that, you know, mm -hmm. I come in contact with is always calling me she, her, ma'am, lady, miss, yeah. girl, woman. I hear these things every single day and, um, they don't know. Yeah. I it's, mean, I mean, do you consider innocent? Um, I mean, ignorant for sure. Yeah. But I mean, I get called ma'am sometimes do you how often do you get called ma'am with a beard um it happened a lot more when i was younger mm -hmm. i i didn't have a beard and i had a ponytail mm -hmm. and it, it happened it happened mm -hmm. and but i understood like okay i look like this mm -hmm. this can and also you know people are grown up in a place where that's yeah you know. i mean so so my reaction is not oh, wow, I, I hate everyone, and they're all mean, and they're all trying to hurt me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that that's not my reaction, but but f for myself, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel so great. I mean, like, I know, like, to you, if you were called ma'am all the time. Oh, it's annoying. You, I mean, it's a little bit more than annoying, you know? It, it makes me feel like no one sees me and no one understands me. Um, and yeah, I mean, just getting misgendered like constantly every, everywhere you go is just not a very fun experience. I, I'm sure. But the, the change for that, how does that work? Because yeah, so you, know, like they, you, you, you haven't introduced yourself to them. You haven't told them your, your, pronoun preference yeah so um hopefully society is going to progress in a way that is more that people just realize that gender is more fluid than the majority of people currently view it so in my view in the future um i think that first of all a lot less gendered language will be used for example, when I walk into a store and um, I'm looking for something, instead of the clerk saying, um, excuse me, do you need anything, ma'am? Or 
like you can just say, excuse me, do you need anything? Mm-hmm. And just not gender me because you haven't met me and you don't know my pronouns. You haven't asked, you know, or um, excuse me, can you help this customer instead of excuse me, can you help this woman? Um, because like you were saying, you know, you, yeah. you haven't introduced yourself to me. So I think that like if you don't know somebody and you don't know their pronouns and you don't know how they they identify, you shouldn't just assume. Of course. Um, but so hopefully yeah. in the future, it's going to be more like that. And um, I would encourage anybody listening here to, you know, ask mm-hmm. If you don't know somebody, ask what pronouns do you use? Or what are your pronouns? Yeah. Um, instead of just assuming. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think in a lot of ways, the spirit of intention gets lost in language semantics. Where, like, there have been times where my language has gotten lost from my intention and relaying in that. Because we have to that's a big change in language. What do we do about Spanish and things like that where every word has a masculine and feminine mm -hmm. connotation and all this stuff is... Yeah, well, I would start worrying about you and start worrying about Spanish later, but I have several friends, um, you know, living in Mexico who Spanish is their primary language and they do identify as non-binary and I do see them placing um, like X's at the ends of certain words um, and and yeah, shifting it in a way that that we are here in, uh, in America as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a change, but I mean, the whole thing really is just becoming more intentional about your language. Um, and just, you know, recognizing that this binary system of gender that we've come up with and decided to enforce everywhere in society is actually bullshit. And that we need to change in order to um, respect and accept and welcome um, people in the society who, you know, don't fit those categories that yeah. we've set up. I, th- I think it's... It's hard for that to be seen in communities where, you know, people are satisfied with their situations and that there there's no one who identifies differently than male or female in that community. Mm-hmm. And then they, a, a lot of times I think that just, it comes up as like a meme or just a, a buzz thing. And then the conversation goes to being like, well, you know, this is a, you know, almost back to preschool. Like, you get what you get, you don't get upset. And it's like. But that's something that's so, just that reflects, I think, the division of our society right now, almost, too, that there's people who just, that, that we've, it seems in the past year it's come obvious that, like, our whole, at least our nation, our country has become really polar on both sides, and there's less and less of the in-between. And these changes, I, I, I don't know, I agree that they all need to happen, but I guess my question is how? Well, um, children are our future. Always. And they really do give me hope because um, I'm seeing young people nowadays. I mean, they all, I mean, at least they all know what transgender means, right? Mm -hmm. Like, 
an 80 year old probably learned about the word transgender at the same time that I did, which was only four or five years ago. So, but a 10 year old learning about what the word transgender means, you know, four, four or five years ago, it's a lot different. And, and now that we have so much access to, to so much information, I mean, I see so many young people coming out as genderqueer and as transgender and i mean i see them all they they're followers on my blog about being transgender so um i i just it's such a shift from you know our generation where that that was not the case you know we were not i i i don't think that very many people our age went to elementary school or middle school or high school and knew non-binary identifying individuals i mean i sure didn't um and i think that nowadays if you go into at least you know a metropolitan area Mm -hmm. and go into a high school or a middle school like you you will see that and Mm -hmm. it just gives me so much hope for for the future and it just seems like there is a much much better understanding of all these things that we're talking about Mm -hmm. among younger generations um, than even our generation. So that is really um, where I see the change coming from. It's from, yeah, from education. And that's how I think all changes actually happen. That's the foundation of a society mm-hmm. is what's being taught to the children because it's, it's, it's kind of once you get to a certain point, things are locked in and it's very hard to change mm-hmm. once you grow up. But um, I'm curious to know um, you know, in that process, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've, I've only have one, one thing that I, I guess is a concern of mine when it comes to all that. And I, and I, and, yeah, you know, and I, I have to say, I'm like nervous to speak about it because I of course don't want to offend. I don't want to sound ignorant, but I, um, just a little history on like where I was when I was a kid. I was um, they they I was energetic and I was given amphetamine pills, you know, um, to focus, cause like that I had a different identity, and these drugs were like thrust upon me and I took them for about seventeen years. And I guess I'm what I'm, I'm just like scared of the pharmaceutical company, and I'm just wondering like, cause the, the people who who change their their hormones they come from there. And is there a way that that can be done without supporting them? I don't know if that, like, is something that's ever discussed or thought of. Um, what do you mean without supporting them? The pharmaceutical company who manufactures mm-hmm. those hormones. Mm-hmm. Not supporting the pharmaceutical individual company. Are they are they available in a form that isn't made by that huge corporation? Hmm, that's a good question. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I am not super sure. Yeah, because that's like the only thing. It's like I'm like, are people cashing in on people's identities? You know, like, because I, I, that drives me. That's like yeah. my just personal fight is like <laughs> my identity was tarnished by pills, and like I'm like, you know, that's like my battle. And I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just more concerned with transgender people being able to access their hormones in a safe and reliable and accessible way. 
um, because for a lot of people like me, um, hormones are very necessary um, for them, and um, there it, it they they can be very hard difficult to access. Uh, for example, um, testosterone is uh, a schedule whatever drug i mean it, it's a it's a controlled substance so yeah. it costs me a lot extra than if i were to get a prescription for example from the doctor for penicillin for strep throat or something mm-hmm. um so yeah it does cost me does insurance take care of that um so so with insurance uh-huh. um you know there there are like generic drugs and then there are like a step a step like there's like preferred whatever and they all have different copays you know yeah so like penicillin for example i could just get that as like a generic drug and it would cost me like ten dollars or something Uh as a copay but um with testosterone like i was saying it's a controlled substance so Mm -hmm. you have to pay uh, a much higher copay for it at least i do um yeah uh under obamacare um at least medicare did um cover uh you know did did see hormones as like a necessary thing and therefore did um cover that for transgender patients on public insurance um but those kinds of policies are being threatened with now like everything's yeah i mean yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah but um if if it's if I'm asking too many questions, just tell me. You know, because like I I'm nervous. I it, it's like sometimes I feel like I don't realize I'm ignorant until I realize it. Because you can never know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. That's ignorance. But you know, it's lifetime, right? A lifetime commitment of this medicine. Um. Yeah. So you can't just start horm. If you start hormones, I mean, you can go off hormones, but the changes will go back. Yeah. So. Just like <laughs> So, yeah, you can't just, you know, take testosterone for two years until, you know, you get whatever changes you want. And then, yeah, exactly. Your body doesn't just start producing them naturally. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting if there was a way to figure that out. Who knows? Yeah. Well, if there was like um, some kind of endocrine manipulation, I (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I probably am low in testosterone, too. It's... um, Apparently, we don't have, we have, like, half the testosterone, you know, of our grandfathers. At least, you know, today's modern man. And that's just because of everything in the water, the plastic bottles and things like that. The BPA increases estrogen. And so, it's almost that the hormones of all the humans, because of everything we've done to our environment, are fluctuating and in flux and changing due to our environment. Interesting. Yeah, it's an it's an, it's interesting. I'm fascinated by how much of our our bodies are just chemical chemi- chemistry sets, you know, and it's something that you can just modify with substances. And I'm not you know not speaking out of gender, you know, like getting high and like all this stuff. I don't know. I just I just find it fascinating how malleable our systems are and the amount of control we can potentially have in that system. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I think it's. And I think that, you know, what you're talking about also is like, um, it's, it's a lot of taking control back 
mm-hmm. that you're in a lot of control of of who you are. You've made the choices. You've made the calls that some you know when people told you you're this, you you've determined what you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's kind of cool. <laughs> but there's like a, I look at like Twitter, and there's there's this crazy dialogues with this with gender, such a hot topic. I don't know. Like about babies, people gendering a baby, and I don't know. I don't have a baby, but yeah. I mean, I just think that we really need to make the shift into just expanding our minds. I mean, it gender and sex, for that matter, mm-hmm. are so much more complex than two you know everybody's like oh there's just two you know you're a man or you're a woman and that's it but it's just so much more than that and there's so much more capacity for individuality and you know identity than than two yeah well i I don't know i feel for me that my gender is a small part of my identity Mm -hmm. if that make you know like um it was there, you know, I was a little boy, I was a little man, and, you know, I had those parts and all that, but, like, what became part of my identity was, you know, my interests, my, mm-hmm. uh, obs- you know, it just, it didn't, in, in my progression as a person, that never um, became a big part of what I identified with. Yeah, and that's totally fine. I mean, you are a cisgender male, which means that you're not a trans- transgender and you're male. Um, and you live in a society in which, you know, there's not much controversy surrounding being a cisgender male, right? So, like, my, my whole identity, gender fluidity isn't my entire identity. Like, that, it's just, you know, I mean, it's probably just as much of a part of me as, as being male is part of of you or being a man is part of you um and yeah like my interests and the things that I like and the things that I like to do and my friends and where I want to live etc are all you know also really big parts of me and I want to emphasize the fact that there is no there's no there's definitely no one way to be non-binary there's no one way to be a man there's no one way to be a woman you know you can identify with whatever gender you feel represents your experience best and separately like whatever you like and wear whatever you want to wear you know um so there's lots of things that shape who we are um and yeah my gender happens to be one of them <laughs> yeah and that that's it's pretty beautiful that we can find it but i guess what do i guess wait what was oh, that's my train <laughs> of thought but i was curious too besides besides gender and besides the world like what, what, what what's up <laughs> what do you do you're you're how long you been in DC? Um, yeah, like I'm. That's all 
pretty complicated with my moving situation, my housing situation, my job situation, my family situation. Those are all like really complicated things. Are you in a complicated things. phase with those <laughs> kinds of things right now? Yeah. Oh, okay. But like I said, I, I, um, I'm an aspiring artist. I uh, do a lot of performance art with dancing and hula hooping. Um, as well as visual arts. Um, I particularly love pens and markers and pastels and paint. Um, and um, yeah, I, I uh, do a lot of activism, um, protests, and uh, my past couple jobs have been for working for nonprofits and uh, serving as a mentor for other transgender individuals and nice. running so- my blog, etc. Like nonprofits, like the Equal Rights Campaign, things like this, or I don't. Know. I feel like so many people I know in, in DC. I'm like, what do you do? Like, work for a nonprofit. I'm like, but I never get to hear which one. Yeah. You know, it's just like it's just like nonprofit zone where everyone yeah. works, and I don't know what they do. Yeah. But. Um. I mean, so I uh, don't work there anymore, but I was just working for Students for Sensible Drug Policy. Um, against the criminalization of drugs. Um, I also, yep. I also, um, yeah, Yeah. I do too. (laughs) I also, um, volunteer for organizations like, um, I mean, so I've been participating in I mean, there's a lot of protests here, like we're DC. So Mm -hmm. I've been participating in a lot of those sorts of events by organizations like, um, the National Transgender Center for Equality and uh, Work for Peace and um, uh, Transgender um, Women of Color Collective um, and uh, No Justice, No Pride. Um, those are all um, organizations that... I haven't heard of No Justice, No Pride. Yeah. Um, so nice. we um, had our own March slash Pride Parade before the uh, corporate t- the before the official um, one, just to protest um, the corporatization of Pride and how involved big companies that yeah. marginalize LGBTQ people. As soon as things get popular. Exactly, exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, that we were protesting that as well as, you know, a lot of people don't really... A lot of people might not think about this, but there is a lot of transphobia within the LGBTQ community even. Um, uh, and a lot of racism um, and... Um, ableism and and things like that. Ableism um, being something I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, just able. Uh, yeah, able-bodied like, like people you're not able? versus disabled. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, and and making you know, um, you know, not make not making our spaces accessible to disabled um, mm-hmm. LGBTQ people, for example. But um, I mean, there's a lot of that uh, um, within the LGBTQ community. So we. Um, no Justice, No Pride, uh, like I said, had our own march to protest the corporatization as well as, um, you know, the marginalization of people within our community, particularly, you know, trans women of color, for example, who are marginalized um, a lot by um, gay men and women and even people within our community. So um, we wanted to, you know, make those voices heard um, and we actually 
there were, um, I mean, I'm not an organizer, so I just, I definitely wanted to put that out there that um, uh, No Justice, No Pride um, is organized by a wonderful group of individuals, not me, but... Um, but you helped them. You yeah, I've all, I was there, and um, yeah. we actually... Uh, blockaded the parade at like three different checkpoints and i mean the parade still went on so it wasn't like Mm -hmm. we were stopping everyone but we definitely made our voices heard by making the parade change route um three at at, you know at at different checkpoints um did did that result in any it just some awareness like yeah yeah i mean a lot of people had mixed reactions to it um a lot of people were really upset by it but i think that regardless we definitely got the message across and um made our voices heard uh that next year um the pride the the capital pride um uh, you know, committee who puts on Capital Pride needs to listen to to our, dem- our demands and not uh, let s- certain corporations who what corporations? Um, like, I don't, I, yeah, I'm not in this community. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I don't have all of the information right in front of me, Is but like Coca Cola sponsoring the Pride Parade. People like Wells Fargo, for oh, okay. example, who was you, you mm-hmm. know such a and they want us to show that they're an ally. So they yeah, like but but they the were um, banking or something. That's so. I mean, they 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 want to put their name on it to like seem like they are mm-hmm. our friends, but. In reality, I mean, they they had so much to do with like the Dakota Access Pipeline and things yeah, like that, and and no justice, no pride. Like our community, we are not going to stand for that. Like we, you, you hurt, you hurt Native people in this country. Mm-hmm. We're not okay with that. We're not okay with you then try, putting your name on what is supposed to be a day of celebration and pride for everyone within the LGBTQ community, especially you know like. Um, the native LGBTQ community. Um, we're not. We're not. Yeah, we don't want that to happen. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of politics. Yeah, it's it's treacherous territory. It's tough. <laughs> you know, I, I I remember being very overwhelmed. You know, when I went straight to Occupy Wall Street after about it was on for two days, and it it just got exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's so you know in these because the that's another time I think intention gets lost. Everyone's on the same page and then you start working out details and say, wait a minute, we're not all on the same page. And then, <laughs> like, what book are we reading? I don't know. And it gets, it gets lost. <laughs> <laughs> the intention gets lost. Well, I was, I was pretty proud of, of the, um, how, how, uh, DC pride went this year. And, um, how how successful we were in in blocking the parade and really just standing up and making our voices heard that's awesome yeah yeah i was out of town i was out of the country during that week Mm. (laughs) it's all right that was just a loud piece of wood (laughs) how you doing over there (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I don't know, I feel sometimes like in that ever-changing dialogue, I guess I feel intimidated to even speak. Do you know, does that does that ever, you know, come across because I, I just, 
like I'm really glad I was able to talk to you because I I feel intimidated because I almost that like that that because you know I don't have um, these identifications because I just I'm stuck mm-hmm. with you know what society I guess thrust upon me. I was like, oh, yeah, I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. That I that I'm almost like from that perspective of that community, like they would see me as part of the problem, or um, you know that I couldn't be an ally because of I participate in that life or because I've uh, conformed or something. So do you, does that make sense? That kind of yeah. I mean, I guess so. That's uh, you know feeling a little bit of cis guilt or something. Um, I would say, not, but not guilt, but just that I, I shouldn't have a voice in that, that I, I don't deserve to have a voice. In that well, that. it's not like you are trying to like speak for queer people, you know, mm-hmm. but I would say engaging in conversations with queer people, like never had, I talked to I, everybody. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I mean, so just one thing that I would just say is like, if you are cisgender and heteronormative or you know even if you're a gay guy or you know it it doesn't really matter just whoever you are (laughs) i if you if you want to be a better ally for people um like me then i would just start with um just educating yourself about it um we have the internet these days and and there are a lot a lot of stories by um trans people queer people um i mean even my my experience and my story right now is not representative at all of the whole queer community so i think it's really important to listen to a trans woman and talk about their experiences and listen to trans men and listen to genderqueer individuals listen to a gender individuals and bi gender individuals and um, I don't know just just listen and and he- hear their stories and what they experience and what they like to be called and and how you can make spaces safer for them since right now there aren't a lot of spaces that are safe for for us at least not as many as there are safe for cisgender heteronormative unsafe in terms of for example um i really don't like going to places that have gendered restrooms only Mm -hmm. i feel really uncomfortable going like being in a toilet (laughs) i feel really uncomfortable going into a woman the woman's room and Mm -hmm. i feel really uncomfortable going into the men's room i mean i know your listeners can't see me but I don't look like either, man, and I'm going to be stared at regardless of which one I go into, mm-hmm. and it's just really uncomfortable for me. So I tend to stick to facilities that have gender-neutral restrooms. But would um, you say that's not safety, that's comfort, since the word you use uncomfortable? No, I, I do feel, like, unsafe. Feel threatened? So I wouldn't say, I wouldn't um, equate unsafety to, to threatened. Okay, that's what, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. I mean, I think that just feeling safe means feeling that you can be exactly who you are without having to, to like, really worry about anything. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in a facility that only has gendered restrooms, then, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. Like, I feel uncomfortable. I feel 
like people are you know I mean a lot of times they do stare at me a lot of times they do say something to me I've had people like in restrooms tell me that I didn't belong in that restroom they they verbally verbally yes how'd that go down I mean did you I mean usually I just like like, because that's 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 it, it, it depends it's, it, it always me, depends on like high in the bathroom it's like why are we talking in the bathroom <laughs> it's weird it's yeah weird. i mean it, it all depends on how safe i am i mean honestly like there is a threat of of violence mm-hmm. um you know so like i mean i mean especially transgender women of color are literally being murdered so it depends you know if a huge aggressive looking drunk man man is telling me that I don't belong in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to say anything because I, I for my <laughs> for the sake of like my, my literal physical safety, yeah. I just need to get out of there. Yeah. But um, you know, so it, it really just depends on the situation on like how I would react. But um, I get I get people saying things to me on the street all the time, especially when I lived in Indiana um, a year or two ago. Mm. I literally had people stopping me on the streets and some sometimes people stop me and they're like are you a man or a woman and it's just like you, you know it yeah. I'm my, my best answer to that is both and neither at the same time um, but a lot of people just don't understand that and they're I mean it, it's not comfortable to walk around the world and and be looked at like an alien um so i i tend to stick to spaces that are mostly filled with queer people who i know are going to ask for my pronouns and use my pronouns correctly and that have um restrooms that i can feel safe in and um do you think that's a little bit insular that like um in some ways it's almost you know because a lot of what you describe about your relationship with the world Mm -hmm. i agree with you but in terms of my experience, but not in terms of gender, just in terms of right. society, you know, like people looking at, I've felt that way, not because of gender, but because of mm-hmm. personal interest, perspective, the way I feel and the way I feel that I'm received by what I guess I would, could consider some general population. And then sometimes I'm like, I've, I've had that urge to be like, you know, I think I do want to go to a monastery and just meditate forever. But then I've, what keeps me from that is that then but then who's gonna let them know yeah i don't feel like my you know preference for queer safe spaces is about like not venturing into other cultures Mm -hmm. i mean i've been in plenty of heteronormative spaces i mean i'm in heteronormative spaces all the time i have to be you know most of the world, I mean, at least, you know, where we're at here. Yeah, it's a society. That's where, in, where in we're society at. in the yeah. U.S. is... Well, in, the, in most of the world. Yeah, and yeah. in most of the world. I just don't want to Develop, speak. Developed world. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't traveled the world, so I mm-hmm. guess I'm just trying not to speak for, like, everywhere because yeah, I, I, I'm only trying to speak from my experiences, but um, I think it's less of, like, only sticking to my kind and more of just doing what I need to do honestly to stay safe and to stay healthy even Mm -hmm. just like mentally um 
Yeah, it's a tribe. And, th- and physically, yeah. I mean... It's sticking with your tribe. Or is it like, you know, it's... When you... We all gravitate to people of similar interests, similar positions, similar... Not just interests, but like background, identity. You know, it's like... Yeah, but I think it's a, just a little bit different when you are part of such a group that that's so marginalized in society where where like just so misunderstood in society you know it then becomes like less you know i don't want to equate me not going to the heteronormative bar to trying out a new hobby you know no yeah i didn't i i was just saying example not that like your identity is your hobby Mm -hmm. but that through our existence we're magnetized you know i think to people and spaces that that reflect that who we are yeah um yeah i mean so i don't know like one of the places that i like to go for example around the city is busboys and poets Mm -hmm. um it's awesome they have I mean, at least at most of their locations have gender neutral bathrooms and they're just all about, you know, activism. And I think that there are people there from a very wide variety of of cultures and genders and Mm -hmm. backgrounds and families and and probably hobbies and interests Mm -hmm. as well, you know. So I think like that, for example, is a, a space where I can feel safe in, but and also venture out of my of my box and and learn about other people that I don't normally interact with and um um meet people of a wide variety of of interests yeah. and, and hobbies and backgrounds etc yeah it's a it's a great meeting hub I mean mm-hmm. uh, you see everybody there yeah you know I've seen politicians eating there I've seen <laughs> I've done a lot of the open mics there with music and things yeah. like that. They have so much, so much art. I love that they have books and locally published authors and all this cool stuff. But yeah, well, it's interesting in the comedy community. There's there's one there's one comedy showcase that doesn't they prohibit uh, including anyone who's not either LGBT or um, you know in any of that area. Or I think they. Yeah, they, they, so I, you know, I, I, I'm not allowed, and a lot of my peers are not allowed. How do you feel about that? I think that it's great that we can carve out spaces specifically for, to to specifically lift up the voices of marginalized communities. You know, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> but I, I felt, you know, like I, I thought I saw it. You know, it highlights people of that background, but I thought that, like, I, I want to hear what they have to say. I want to be, I'd love to participate and be a participant within it, but it was very, you know. There um, are probably, though, a lot of other, you know, comedy shows that you yeah. can be a part of, oh, with, of with them as well. Yeah. But um, I definitely do respect and see the need for yeah spaces I mean, to be specifically and i can see that in the comedy community because mm-hmm. comedians are brutal and, yeah um i think in the comedy community uh minds aren't as open mm-hmm. a lot of comedians 
are really mm-hmm. um, they do it for different reasons. Yeah, and, and when you set up a space like how you described for these, you know, young comedians, I mean, to perform, like you have to understand how good that must feel to to be in a show of just LGBTQ other LGBTQ yeah. comedians just like you and to know like for sure then yeah. that like you are going to be like accepted and yeah. and and heard and you know with others who understand your experiences. Yeah, I should just go and watch. <laughs> but it was all the way in Baltimore. <laughs> get to Baltimore. But I, you know, and I, I think that just just in this minute of talking, you know, I realized how dumb <laughs> it was for me to be like, well, I want to be a part of it. I want to be included too. And I'm like, yeah, let people have their party now. <laughs> but, I, you know, when I first started, I was trying to hit every comedy club I could, right. every little thing. And I'm like, oh, I can't get this one. That's not fair. And it's in Baltimore. I want my Baltimore friends to know what I'm doing. But, and I, I mean, yeah. But now it makes sense because comedy, I think, is one of the, a bastion of free speech. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the places where free speech comes in handy and comes in damaging. It's like a comedian. It, it is a place where you just people let you voice your opinions, mm-hmm. and they get a little, little intense sometimes. And offensive. But like, I don't know. I I find. Do you find that? Like with, does our does culture offend you often? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I don't want to just call it offensive because that's just such a loaded term that people get really upset about. So I'm not I'm not gonna say that everyone, everyone is offensive. It's more just that like. It's very clear to me that no one is really aware or educated about my experiences. And I feel very discluded a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I go to a comedy show and they're just talking about like heteronormative man, female, man, woman relationships, it just Mm -hmm. doesn't apply to me. Like it just straight up doesn't. Does it like I? Yeah, I, I don't care to, about. You relate it. to the human experience when we get down to that. You're a human. I mean, it's so. I mean, it's gonna depend on the comedy show. Yeah. But for for example, though, like stores with clothes have a men's section and a woman's section, and mm-hmm. most places that you go into have a men's bathroom and a woman's bathroom. And I just know that those spaces are just they're they're just not really for me like they they're they're not taking me in into mind they're not taking me into account you know so it's like less offensive and more just like the, uh, these, these people they don't know me you yeah. know but i think also they're you know that they're toeing the line they don't they don't know how and it's so it's like they need to be educated. Yeah, need everybody change. needs to be educated yeah. for or, sure. Or just needs to, you know, like, because there's some, I have some items of clothing that are a woman's piece of clothing. And I still call it a, it's interesting that our clothes have those names attached to them, but it's just a cloth. I totally agree. I yeah. cannot believe, honestly, it's just so mind boggling to me 
that like everywhere i mean everywhere you you it's so difficult to find i mean you pretty much can't find a store that has you know no men's section and women's section right so we're literally it for as long as there have been stores and clothing and it's literally just cloth you know like Mm -hmm. i when i go into stores i shop in both sections and i don't really look at the line that divides them i just go and look through the whole store and pick out what i like um but yeah it's yeah. it's so mind-boggling to me that we're going to assign genders to like a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> yeah well there's it goes on that there's a lot of expectations because i even not that my being left out is anything compared to it but i you know, it's it's like in every step of the way, there's a whole world. Like you were telling me about how with the pride parade, it's like they're separated there. There are people who are on the right page or the wrong page or different pages. There's polarities within everything. Because in a lot of communities, I'm I'm like not within like, a, you know, I know a lot of people who are totally on the other side. And to them, I'm not enough of a man. Because I, you know, and it's it's like because... I love beautiful things and it's like how did that you know how did the definition of it's almost like things not only in that way um that appreciation of things is gendered does that make sense um i'm not sure exactly what you meant by the last bit but um in terms of like the polarity and stuff um so it's not like when we were protesting pride that we were like everyone who is participating in the real pride is on the wrong side like that that wasn't it at all Mm. um and i i don't believe that i mean they have very real reasons for for doing what they're doing which are a lot of the same reasons that i'm doing what i'm doing Mm -hmm. um it's more just i i just I, instead of focusing on the, this side versus that side, and it's I, I, I more just focus on the future and like how I think that things will eventually come to, like where I see things going, um, and you know, anything that progresses us in that direction is great and. I think that in the future, um, binary gender isn't going to be such a thing. And we restrooms are going to be not segregated by gender. And, um, you know, toxic masculinity, like you were just describing, at people claiming that you are not man enough, um, views like that are going to be looked at as ridiculous because mm-hmm. they are. But <laughs> then you have a small community of, of people... Or I don't know, like, because there are a lot of, you know, that that within that, is there a way that that gender can kind of dissolve in that way? But also that there are going to be people who want to embrace being a cis male and being a cis female. Yeah. Oh, know? totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that space needs to, so it's. I mean, that can, that can still exist. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just dream of a world where everybody identifies however they want and we can be inclusive of everyone um so you know when we um don't have 
men's restrooms and women's restrooms men people who identify as men and people who identify as women can still use them but so can everyone else mm-hmm. you mean just everybody just, just going to the bathroom yeah yeah it's kind of yeah. I mean, I think that the reason that that might sound like such a preposterous idea now um, is for very real reasons. For example, um, you know, the fear that women especially are going to be harassed or sexually harassed, um, verbally harassed, whatever, by men if if we if were to the if we were sharing the bathroom. That's a different which, issue. That's a problem. Exactly. That is an issue. Yeah, it's, like it's, the issue I think isn't trying to handle a symptom, but the real cause is, yes. is the way that men and women are getting along. Exactly. Because you should So people might yeah. think that like you know, I don't think that a lot of people in our society, for example, are fighting for this right now. Like, do you hear anybody like fighting for like desegregate restrooms? Like, I don't, I don't. There's so many battles. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. There's there, in, and it's like mine is like getting kids off drugs, and I, <laughs> I, I have to like streamline that one. Yeah, well, and it's like I support a battle, but in terms of, I feel like um, a lot of people they, it's like that's a job, in some ways. Like you, I support you in your battle. But I have me in my battle, and we all have our battles. Does that make? Yeah. <laughs> but I think I guess the bathroom issue—it's so easy to breeze by me mm-hmm. because if I was alone in a bathroom with a woman, I'd let her go to the bathroom, and I'd go to the bathroom. Yeah. So when they desegregate bathrooms, I'm like, okay, that's what we're doing. I'm on board. Yeah, but I think um, that idea probably sounds preposterous to so many people right now, like the majority of people, because like we just said, you know, there are very real issues Mm -hmm. such as the sexual harassment of women and sexism and misogyny that need to be solved before we're able to do that. But I guess my point is just that, um, like especially to your listeners who might not have ever thought of this idea of doing this, is just that... Like you said, <clears throat> it's not the restrooms that are the problem. It's misogyny that's the problem. Yeah, you know? it's the like, fact that, that men, yeah. like, we can't trust a lot of people to be alone with other people yeah. in, a, in a private area. Mm-hmm. And that that's a, a really weird issue. And that's, like, um, I really want to talk, you know, as a a cis man as I am a cis man there's a lot of instances where I wish I could talk to that community and like about the the that that kind of aggression you know when it comes to dating and how to how to find someone and and that nobody owes you anything cuz there's so much like that that's attributed to being masculine where it's like this aggressive thing. Mm-hmm. Is that you know what I'm talking about? Um, it's like aggressive dudes, like that yeah. that that frat boy kind of like um, yeah, stereotype. I mean, which I I was really proud of. Um, Harvard University. Do you know about that? Um, not this recent. past week they they decided that within five years I think is what they said they're dissolving any um, club on campus that is gender specific, such oh. as. So no more all boys fraternities, no more all girls sororities, be- and specifically because of the culture, yeah, that it promotes. Yeah, I mean that's a re- right. that's super real. That's a great props step. to props yeah. to Harvard, man. Yeah, because yeah. that's yeah. 
No, toxic masculinity is very much a problem in uh, society today. I mean, as 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 a trans masculine individual, I even feel it sometimes because I mean, everyone genders me as a woman. Um, you know, even though. I don't know. I, I think a lot of it has to do, for example, with my presentation mm-hmm. because I don't have the typical presentation for the typical man or what a man is supposed to look like mm-hmm. according to society. I mean, like just like you were saying that you're not man enough. And I've literally told people um, that I'm not a girl, I'm a boy. And they have asked me um, – well then why are you wearing nail polish and i'm just like you are dumb like like i mean i know that y'all have seen men in nail polish before we live in dc with one of the highest per capita gay male populations but but i'm curious um from your perspective like what what, when you say some days you feel masculine Mm -hmm. what is masculinity yeah, I mean, that's different for everyone, you know? Okay. And sometimes, sometimes when I'm like wearing a dress, for example, mm-hmm. I might feel the most masculine. Like, yeah. I don't know what it is. I wear a dress all the time. So like, I just like super feel like a dude that day. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just. But like, okay, so it's it's personal for you. Like, I have my ideas of, mm-hmm. of masculinity. And, but what what is. It's really just kind of like an internal experience. Like to just feel like like just the some tip days of the iceberg is like masculinity. You can't. It's kind of just yeah yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like some days I wouldn't mind being called he him, mm-hmm. or you know like it's it's just some days I I can relate more, or or um, feel more like I could describe myself as a male or describe myself as masculine um or as a man than than other days I, other days i i feel like those terms don't fit me as much mm-hmm. you know it's it's just really just like kind of an internal experience for me okay i didn't know if like when you're when you're feeling masculine you chop wood or <laughs> something like that no not not really um I would say it's a great experience. It's human. It just feels good. Sorry. (laughs) I haven't done too much wood shopping. (laughs) It's really satisfying. (laughs) I don't know. That's, I don't know. I love doing things with my hands. I think that to me is like the most satisfying to see the simplicity of, of just things that are being, I don't know. I really like alchemy, the idea of alchemy, the idea of taking the material world, shaping it. That's cool. <laughs> Go for it. But, you know, it, it. you got me thinking now, is that masculine or is that just just human? I don't no, know. No, it can be whatever. Yeah. If it's a masculine person doing it, then it can be masculine. Yeah. But if it's a feminine person doing it, then it can be feminine. That's just like, <laughs> it's just like clothes, you know? Uh-huh. It's like, you want to know what women's clothes look like? They are whatever clothes. A woman is like wearing. is yes. Yeah. If you are a woman and you are wearing clothes, then your clothes are women's clothes. Uh-huh. If you are a man and you are wearing clothes, then your clothes are men's clothes. Both human clothes. Yeah, ex- we all we're all human. <laughs> when, when it comes down to it, we're I think all we're aliens, human. man. We're crazy. 
everything else on the planet seems to get along great with it. We are we're we are tough, <laughs> tough on this planet. Yes, that's for sure. And we're hot on ourselves. We're so self-aware that it's like we we have this gift of conflict and confusion as as a as a civilization. I feel like we've been trying to figure ourselves out since we were existed. I have some some idea <laughs> ideas about that. That's getting into some what some some stuff. Like what? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I think that in the like earliest human days, some of the humans figured out that they could take advantage of some of the other humans, and mm-hmm. things like power and and money and constructs like that came into play. And now we've got you know capitalism and and huge corporations running shit and i don't know (laughs) i think that we're going yeah i think it all really comes down to like humanity and and brainwashing and Mm -hmm. people taking advantage of like nobody knows they're being brainwashed and they're brainwashed yeah, I and think I'm always trying to figure we out need to I'm break break all of that down. I mean, one of the ways that you've been brainwashed is into thinking that there are only two genders, you know? So that's one way that I'm kind of deconstructing mm-hmm. um, these kind of pretty ridiculous notions that we've been taught. Yeah, but it, I, I, I mean, to what extent does the, 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 the two genders just come from baby making as we knew it? You know, that it's like we, in the process of making babies for, you know, for most of human existence, as we've known it, you know, a, a man, as it's been identified, someone with that, that genitalia and with that hormone and with those gametes and the gonad has to interact with someone who ovulates and produces a fertile space for a baby to grow. And it's almost like just from that process, it's that the gender has, from what extent in gender studies that I'm unaware of, has that construct shaped gender? I mean, we, I mean, as a society, we have then attached these labels of man and woman mm-hmm. to the two at least most succinct things that we could find that you were talking about. Baby making. Um, and yeah, yeah, what goes into that? Um, but like I said earlier, it's just so much more complicated than that. Like, yeah, but I'm saying like the birth people's of those chromosomes, separations. like the birth of like this kind of person that like, and in all the animal kingdom. But there is no one kind of person. No, no, not in all the animal kingdom. In a lot of the animal kingdom, baby making is a lot more complicated than that. And sex is a lot more complicated than that. And um, I mean, yeah, I, there's a ton of... Re- I'm not a scientist, you know? But yeah. so I, I can't like speak about this like at the most at the, the most intelligent level that I want to. But like, I guarantee you... Um, so much more goes into chromosomes and, and genitalia and like the features that we have and the ways that we can reproduce than just man and woman. And um, we've also, I mean, just attached gender to those things when really identity 
can be really separate from from that i mean biological function yeah i mean some um i mean you know there there are intersex people like i said which i really encourage you to to learn more about um because it's kind of like the first step of breaking down this this whole ridiculous notion um but like some women have you know don't have um ovaries like mm-hmm. and some men some some men do have ovaries so mm-hmm. you know it it's it's a lot more complicated than yeah. but um, I'm, what we have the constructs that that we have the binary construct that has been created well i was saying though before the complexities were sort of branched out that the the simplest form of gender you know like you're saying like where does this gender come from it must have come from from that in my assumption which is probably i don't know too much about history and i mean like we we were talking about a little bit earlier that in like a lot of cultures they did recognize you know more than two genders and stuff like that so i mean it's complicated you can go look at the history and the science of it all so much to learn yeah and everything but it's just, I think just now it's most important to just know that regardless of all that and regardless of like how much you know about the baby making process, etc., that that you know people have different identities and those identities are don't correspond to just your genitalia and the way it looks and um, we just need to be respectful of everybody. Of course. I would never deny that, that everyone deserves respect. Even those who believe terrible things deserve respect and love. Because <laughs> I think that that's at least the core function of humanity that keeps us together. Loving each other. Trying to be nice. But There you go. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, you've given me a lot to think about. Cool, I'm glad. <laughs> and a lot to learn. And I, I hope I, I don't come off as um, ignorant or, I don't know, blatantly heteronormative. I don't know. I mean... You can be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that it's a problem necessarily to be ignorant. I'm ignorant about a whole lot of stuff, mm-hmm. too, you know? Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm trying to learn. So I'd, rather than I think, I think like double down accepting our own ignorance and yeah. or like realizing our own ignorance is one of the first steps to, um, you know, becoming better allies for each other and, um, you know, growing and learning together. Thanks. Is there any, anything else you wanted to touch on? <laughs> I know you had some talking points and things like that. Um, I'm pretty sure we basically got to everything um i guess maybe just one other thing would just be to give people some tips um to not misgender people or just how to not misgender people mm-hmm. it's hard like even yeah you know talking about this this doing this with you in my head like i kept using uh gendered pronouns because i'm so conditioned yeah well and so it's hard to, to break that yeah they and them feels like a group 
Well, so that was going to be the first thing that I touched on. Um, a lot of people say that they, them pronouns are plural. Um, but that's actually not true if the dictionary even changed it. I mean, and we've been using they, them pronouns in a singular sense for, I'm sure, as long as you can remember. For example, if you were to find a phone, a lost phone on the yeah. street and picked it up, you would say, oh, wow, somebody lost their phone. Uh, we better go find them. They yeah. must be really upset. Of course. Like, and what so, are they doing? Yeah. So we use they, them, their pronouns already. So mm-hmm. it's, it is natural um, for us to use them in a singular sense. You just have to um, – we use it when you are unaware of the mm-hmm. binary gender of the person that you're speaking about. So – that's just kind of how you got to think about me, for example, because you don't know my gender. Like, you don't, because I'm not a man and I'm not a woman. Mm-hmm. So you just have to treat me like that person who rang the doorbell that you haven't seen yet or, you know. Um, so my my first tip for not misgendering people, especially people who use gender-neutral pronouns like me, is to really see that person as their identity. I mean, when you look at me, you repeat it in your head as many times as you need to, you know? That's what I do with names. Yeah, like, I don't know if that person is a he or a she. I don't, like, you, because you don't, you know? So if you think you do, then you have to get to the bottom of why you do. So that was actually my second tip is to... Think about, like, if you're having a difficult time with number one, then you need to think about what is making you lean one way or the other. Like, what is making you want to gender them and then get over your own biases. So if you are looking at me and you're like, well, that person doesn't have facial hair, so that's why I'm kind of thinking that I should call them she – then you need to realize that not all men have facial hair and some women have facial hair. Like some women have more facial hair than men have. And, um, you know, so so whatever it is that's like making you think that they are a he or a she, um, you need to really uh, acknowledge that and become aware of it and break it down and say to yourself, you know, boobs does not equal woman you know etc um and i've had top surgery so that doesn't even apply to me but some men have boobs and some non-binary people have boobs and that doesn't matter (laughs) because some men have larger boobs than some women so it doesn't matter well yeah um so then my third um my third tip is if you do misgender someone because it can happen Sometimes I even use the incorrect pronoun for someone um, by mistake. Um, What you do is just quickly um, correct yourself and move on. So don't make a huge deal about it. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know, whatever. Like, you don't have to make a huge deal about it. Just be like, oh, sorry, he or Mm. sorry, they. And just move on um, and not make a big deal out of it. My third tip would be to um, just really make sure that you don't misgender people in front of other people, especially if those other people are not 
yet aware of, you know, what my pronouns are, for example. So if you were going to introduce me to like a group of your friends, for example, mm-hmm. or if we were around a group of your friends who um, don't know me yet and don't know that I use they, them pronouns and um, or if you're like on the phone with somebody or, you know, anybody who I don't know that you're around um, and you misgender me as like she or her, um, <laughs> It just really sucks because it's like all these people, they had a chance, you know, like you, you ruined it, you know, like, like, uh, it's a lot of, it's a lot of responsibility. I mean, so, so I would rather you just like not talk to me (laughs) than like misgender me in front of a whole bunch of other people, because then those people are going to hear you chances are like they might have been questioning whether i whether i use Mm -hmm. he or she because honestly like i really don't look like either i don't even know why people gender me as she but um uh you know they they might have been questioning and then they'll hear you and then they're like oh she uses she pronouns so i'm gonna start calling them she Mm -hmm. and then i have to like break that and like correct them and it's harder to like get them to to get it right exactly at all yeah, so that's a, that's a, that's, it's, don't misgender your friends around other people. <laughs> I, I, so far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I think those are like my my main tips is just really work on seeing people. I mean, if you know me at all, like if you really are my friend, I think that you would know that I'm a they you know just it is me they just fit so much better with me than either he or she does so if you see me as a he or see me as a she I probably not really going to be friends with you because I just feel like you don't actually see me at all um so yeah, just some friendly tips to um, people who might not be used to using um, gender-neutral pronouns specifically. Well, thank you for helping me know how to see you. <laughs> I, th- I, I, I think I, I'm starting to see you. Sweet. You're a cool person. Thanks. You, <laughs> <laughs> you too, Russell. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, sounds good. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for having me. Okay. That was another episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you made it all the way through it, um, thank you for listening, of course. Sorry for just saying um, something you should avoid. But here we are at the foundational level. It's um, 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 everyone I know who's successful, you know, they start and they keep going. And I'm going to keep going. The next interview I've already recorded was over the phone. Tune in for the next episode. It's kind of a polar opposite to this guest. Um, it was a little tense. It was someone I got in a Twitter argument with on Twitter. And they're, you know, an adamant Trump supporter and whatnot. And we did it over the phone. So that's something a little different. So tune in. And um, anyways, thank you, Mbasso and her friends for hosting us in the basement at that house. It was super cool. And I uh, really appreciate them giving me the opportunity to learn more about what's going on with people and gender and uh, identification and uh, stuff. 
So now I know. And uh, now you know. And you know, we know. So thank you so much. Have a great day or evening or morning. Love you. Bye.